Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about business strategies, thinking, and habits that are essential to building a successful event planning business while enjoying a fulfilling lifestyle. I am your host, Mayo Silvers, an events veteran with over 20 years of experience and also an unstoppable eventrepreneur with two multiple six-figure events business. Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge, and rejuvenate your life and your business. Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast once again. So this week, I want to talk about how to handle objection. Last week, we talked about how to qualify your leads. So this week, we're going to talk about how to handle objections. So now that you have already talked to your potential client and you drop your fee, okay? You drop your fee and then they will be like, wow, you're out of my budget. Okay, you're out of my budget. So you have the dreaded price objection. (laughs) So before, before, we talk about how to handle price objection. There are many objections, but the number one objection that I would say majority of us get this objection is the price objection. So I will focus more on this particular objection today. So before we go dive into how to overcome a price objection, your responsibility or your goal is to make sure that we handle all types of objection before it even comes down to them telling you you're out of my budget, okay? So how do we go about doing that? And what do I mean by that? So the more more pre-work that you do in your call, in your discovery call, the probability of you getting a price objection gets lower and lower and lower. If it does occur, it will be easily overcome. So what do I mean by the pre-work? First and foremost, we need to ask the qualifying questions, right? So it's almost impossible to overcome a price objection when you're not talking to your ideal client. So in the qualifying questions that you ask them, right? If they say that, oh, you know, I'm not planning to hire to, uh, I'm not planning to to hire anyone anytime soon, you know, probably in the next three months, in the next six months. So that means there's no urgency. Okay. There's no urgency. And I always say that that's not really a price objection. It's always an urgency objection. So in all honesty, the more urgent it is for them to hire a planner to solve their immediate challenge, the lower the percentage of you facing a price objection. At that point, they're almost desperate. They're like, okay, whatever the price, I'll pay. Okay. So your job is to make sure that you qualify, you qualify this lead. And if after asking those questions and having a conversation with them, you found that, hmm, okay, there could be a possibility that you would like to work with them or there could be a possibility they'd like to work with you. So you want to continue with the conversation, right? So one thing about, about 
what a lot of event planners do is they are so afraid to talk about their fees. <laughs> they don't dare to talk about money. So what happens? They will say, they'll say, okay, um, thank you for sharing with me um, the vision of your event. You know, I'm so excited. I can help you to do X, Y, Z. I can elevate your experience by doing A, B, C. So, so let me put together a proposal for you. Okay, they will ask, they will ask the, you know, sometimes the event planners will ask the potential client, what is your budget? And then when they say, oh, okay, this is the budget, they'll be like, um, okay, all right. And But not once you talk about your fees, okay? So then you say, okay, let me put together a proposal. All right, so you go and put together a proposal and then you include your fees on the proposal, right? And then once they get the proposal, when you follow up with them, either they ghost you because you have never told them how much is your fee. And then when they get the proposal, the potential client was like, wow, I wasn't expecting you to cost that much. So they either ghost you or when you call the follow-up, they say, that, oh, you're out of my budget. Okay. So the number one thing that you can do to prevent getting into a price objection, that means you're preventing, you're doing a prevention method. Okay. So you're being defensive here. You want to take on the defense instead of having to solve this or having to overcome a price objection. So you want to be already on the defense, making sure that we don't even come to this price objection conversation. So what I always advise my clients inside my mentorship program is when you're talking to your potential client about their event, you have to already start talking about money. Okay, what do I mean by that? What I meant by that is when you're talking to your potential client, you should already get an idea how much they want to spend on their event. And then from that point onwards, you probably also have a pretty good idea if they can afford your fees, okay? So let me give you one example. So when you're talking to a potential client and you ask them about the vision for their events, so they'll share with you, okay, you know, I saw this Pinterest uh, photo. I, I was at this event and I really like that theme. I want to have this. I want to have that. And what, you know, they are sharing with you their vision. And then you are also, you know, and, and you chime in and you, you get excited with them. Both of you are excited in their conversation. And what, instead of doing what most of the event planners would do is, oh, thank you for sharing with me your vision. Okay, so let me put together a proposal and, and then um, I'll follow up with you a few days. Don't do that. You want to start talking about money. So, and this is also an additional step to indirectly qualify your leads, okay? So, you're going to ask them, okay, wow, thank you so much for, share, for sharing your vision for the event. Um, this, is, this sounds so exciting and, and so beautiful. I'm sure your event is going to be spectacular. So, can you share with me, where did you, you know, where did you did, see this type of, decoration or this kind of theme, right? If they said, oh, I was at a friend's wedding or etc. you know, I was at a friend's wedding or I saw it online. So you want to ask them, okay, if you, oh, you saw it, you, you, you were at your friend's wedding, okay. So, or a, a, an event, even a corporate event doesn't have to be weddings, all right? Then you want to ask, oh, did you have an opportunity or do you have the chance to talk to the host or the hostess for the event and find out how much, it costs for them to put together something that looked like this. 
because you want to start educating your potential clients how much things cost, okay? So that we're going to bring them down to earth so that it's also another way to find out how much budget they have for their event. So you want to be able to talk about money. So you want to ask them, basically your goal is to get them to understand how much things cost. So if they say, oh, I saw it online, I saw it on a mag- in a magazine, I saw it on Pinterest, I saw it on Instagram, somebody posted this, okay? So I don't know how much things, I don't know how much it costs. Then you can take on the role, right? As a consultant and you say that, okay, so I've done something like that before or I have, you know, I have helped another event planner did something like this before or I was at an event that is something of this nature and I get the opportunity to speak with the hostess and what you are sharing with me costs approximately this much, okay? So you want to tell them how much their vision is costing. So when you drop them that price, you want to look at their reaction. You want to hear in their voice, okay? Uh, They could either say, oh my God, I didn't expect it to be so much. Or they can say, ah, okay. So once you say you say that okay you know this wish this whatever you want is probably going to cost you know on average about 15 to 20 thousand dollars just purely for the decor is this something that you have budgeted for you want to already ask them is this something that you have budgeted for and some may say absolutely not because i have not thought about things that cost that much then you're going to ask them so how much have you set aside for your budget and they say, oh, I don't, I don't have a budget. Okay, so will you be able to pay this much, this $20,000? No. So will you be willing to pay $10,000? No. Or they may say yes. So say, okay, you know, when they tell you that I don't have a budget, they are BSing you, all right? Basically, they don't want to tell you because sometimes it makes them feel uncomfortable, that they may, they don't want you to think that they are cheap. They don't want to be, to be judged. So, be very, very mindful when you have a conversation like this, handling objections, okay? In any form of conversation, sales conversation, discovery call, you never, never want to make your potential client feel like they're inferior or they're cheap, okay? You don't want them to feel like they're being judged by you, that you are you are snooty, that you are thinking that they, they have champagne taste and beer budget. You don't ever want them to feel that way. So, So when you ask questions, ask in a very inquisitive manner. So watch your tone, watch your facial expression, okay? And I would always suggest that you have a little small mirror next to your desktop or your laptop so that when you're talking to your potential client, look at that mirror so that you can watch your facial expression, your eyes. Are you smiling through your eyes? You want to put your potential client at ease with the tonation of your voice and also the speed that you're speaking, okay? So so once you find out that what's their budget, okay, if they say that, oh yeah, okay, yeah, so okay, $20,000, okay, mm, okay, I think I, I, can, I can do something like that. Then the next thing you want to ask is this budget, you know, this now that you have a vision, do you plan to do this yourself or you, or, you know, do you, do you plan to have a planner 
to do this with you? I know it's a redundant question because they're talking to you. That means they are looking for a planner, right? But you want them to say it out themselves. And you will be very surprised that some of them will actually say that, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it myself or I'm going to ask my friends or my bridesmaid to help me. You may get some, you may get some people who will tell you that, okay? Or you may get a corporate client to say that, oh, you know what? I, I'm going to have my team do that. So then it makes you wonder, then why, why are we having this conversation? Why, why did you call me? Why did you reach out to me if you're going to have somebody else do your event, <laughs> right? So this is further qualifying them, all right? So, so if they give you a budget and then they say that, oh, I don't know if I want a planner or I'm going to do it myself, okay, that's fine. If they say, oh, no, 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 I don't think I can do it myself. I want to hire a planner. And then you're going to be asking the next question that does the $20,000, does the $20,000 include the planner's fee, okay? A lot of times they will tell you, yes, all inclusive. And this is your opportunity to tell them your fee, okay? And this is like the ultimate level of qualification. You'll be like, for something like this, um, my fee will be this much. Is this something that you, is this something that you will invest in to create your event. So you want to already tell them about the price. A lot of event planners are so afraid to talk about money, are so afraid to talk about their fee, and then they slide it in into their proposal. And then you wonder how come they ghost you because you just give them a heart attack. So if you tell them that, okay, you know, to do something like this, and this is my fee, is this something that you, you would like to invest in to bring on the help to create the the the, uh, the dream event. And they may say that, oh, okay. Now they will probably, you know, some of them will tell, give you the price objection. Okay. Some of them will give you the price of, oh, oh yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be so expensive. You know, yeah, your, your, your fee may be over the budget, right? Over my budget. I didn't budget for that. So then when it comes, then that's when we have to come into the price objection strategy. So what, so what I'm going to say for the next few minutes, please pay close attention, all right? So we want to always empathize, listen, and be inquisitive, okay? Oh, okay, thank you for letting me know that, that, um, that my fee is out of your budget, okay? You want to paraphrase it back to them, okay? So... Um, and then they say, oh yeah, yes, I have I really like you. Unfortunately, I can't afford you. Then you want to be inquisitive and say, and ask them, may I ask you a question? May I ask you a question? Why do we want to do that? Why are we asking for permission to ask a question? Because when someone gives you an objection, they're ready to combat. Your potential client is ready for you to come back with something. So they are already on high alert and defensive mode to see what you are going to do. Either you're going to reduce your fee or you are going to try to convince them and do a hardcore selling. Okay, that's why a lot of people feel that sales is super salesy. So, and my strategy is to disarm them and say, thank you for sharing with me that my price is out of your budget. So may I ask you a question? So watch your tone. 
Okay, watch your tone. So don't get upset. Don't try to speak before they finish their sentence. Don't try to interrupt them. Be ask the question in a very inquisitive, curious manner, and say, "Oh, may I ask you a question about that?" And then they'll be like, "You know what they're gonna say? No, right?" They'll be like, "Sure, they are curious, right?" Because you caught them off guard, and they said, "Yeah, sure." Then you're gonna ask them. This question, okay, which is what we call isolating the objection, says, okay, putting the money aside, putting the budget aside, assuming that you can afford my fees, would you want to work with me? Would you like me to send you a contract so that we can start working together on your event? Okay, you want to do that? Why? Because you want to see if the price objection is the true objection, or they're just BSing you. Okay, a lot of times, a lot of people use price objection as the shield, as the shield, because that's the easiest way for the other party to say, um, okay, all right, okay, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you, and then they move along, uh, or or they or they drop their fee, which is sometimes ultimately what. The couple is looking for to see if either you walk away or you drop your fee. So, but very seldom an event planner will come back and ask and I and use this strategy. And I have been in sales for so long. I've sold packages twenty five thousand, fifty thousand on a phone cold call, and that was what I how I was taught to do, and it works every single time. It takes practice. Okay, it takes lots and lots of practice, but. But it's definitely gonna. It will help you isolate the ob- um overcome the objection. So, so you're gonna ask this question, right? So, assuming that you can afford my my fees, is this? Would you want me to? Would you like us to work together? So you're gonna watch them and or listen to them very closely because if if it's not just the price, if it's something else, right? Such such as. They don't really like your energy, or they don't believe that you can do what they ask you to do. They don't think that you're a good fit for them. You know, a lot of times we human beings we don't want we want to avoid awkward and embarrassing or mm, uncomfortable situation. So we don't tell people that you know what I you're not the right fit for me. This it's so much easier to say that you're too expensive. Than to say that you know what I don't think we're on the same page because then that you you know they are afraid that they just open another can of worms or another opportunity for you to go in and talk more and convince them. That's why they used the ultimate price objection, right? Because a lot of people stand down. Either they stand down and go away, or they offer a discount, right? So both scenarios will benefit the potential client. It won't benefit you, but it will benefit the potential client. So, so when you isolate that objection, you want to see if if that's the true objection. Don't be surprised. When they come back and say that, well, uh, I can't make the decision because I have to talk to my fiance, I have to talk to my mother, I have to talk to my father, I have to talk to my in-laws, right? So they have to talk to the whole world, okay? So you see, it's not really just the price; is something else that they're not sharing with you. So you go back with the same strategy, and you'll be like. Okay, thank you for letting me know that there is more than one party involved in making a decision to hire a planner. So who? So you, if you say that you're gonna to have to talk to your mom, 
to talk to your parents. So assuming that your parents say yes, they agree with your decision, would you like to work with me? And then see what they say. Okay? And then see what they say. So you see the pattern? So you keep on isolating, isolating the objection until you find out exactly what is the true objection. So a lot of times, or in fact, I would say actually not a lot of times, sometimes the objection is really the price. So if you do the first round of isolation, you said, oh, putting the money aside, you know, assuming that you can afford me, would you want to work with me? Would you want me to send you a contract right now so that we can start working? And they may say, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like, I like your energy. I like your vision. I know that you can do this. I'd love for you to help me, but you're just a little out of my budget. Okay. So then you know that, okay, this is the true objection. The price objection is the true objection. That's when we're going to tackle it and, and start doing vision casting. Okay, what do I mean by that vision casting? Basically, we want to come to a scenario that we have them, we're going to ask them a few questions and say that, okay, so now let's not talk about money. So this vision that you're thinking of, this event that you're thinking of, all these different moving parts, all right? So assume, so if you were to do it yourself, okay, if you were to do it yourself, getting your friends and family to do it together with you, how do you think the experience will be like to, throughout the whole planning process? And do you think you'll be able to enjoy the event on the day of the event? Or will you be worried about what is going on, um, all these moving parts? And if we were to work together, how do you think the experience will be like? So you want to ask these two questions to Vision Cast. First, ask her to imagine if she were to do it herself, what do you think it would be like? You want her to tell you that, okay? You don't want to give her the answer. You want her to tell you why. Why? Because we don't argue with ourselves, okay? We don't argue against ourselves. So if she will say that, ah, if I were to plan it myself, ah, probably it's going to be time-consuming. You know, I'm going to have to ask a lot of people to help me. I mean, we will still get it done, but it's just a lot more hassle. Okay, great. She already told you that if she were to do it herself, is going to be a, li a little bit more troublesome. Then you say, okay, thank you for sharing with me on that. So let's just assume that we were to work together, okay? If I were to do this event with you, what do you think the experience will be like? And then get her to start thinking, all right? When you ask that question, she will be like, well, if I'm hiring you, then I don't have to worry about anything, right? They will, she will say, well, if I were to hire you, then I would... We, you know, then I wouldn't have to worry about anything. That's when you ask the closing question. So based on what you just shared with me, if you were to plan it yourself because you want to save money, you know that this is going to be a troublesome process. If we were to work together, it will be stress-free. You'll be able to enjoy yourself throughout the whole planning process and also be a guest at your own event. So, doesn't it make sense for us to work together, right? So you want her to tell you how she will feel if she will work it herself and how she will feel if she will work it with you. And then when you ask that question, does it make sense for us to work together? You don't tell her it makes sense to work with you. You ask it as a question and let her answer, okay? And then if she says, oh, absolutely, then 
you say, okay, so now that you know the value that I can bring for you and what you will be able to get if we will work together, these are intangible value. So can I send you a contract? All right, don't forget to ask for the sale. So this part, this particular episode, you probably have to listen to it for a few times. All right, listen to it for a few times. And then don't, it's okay to write down questions. All right, because especially when you're new, sometimes you forget what to ask. <laughs> sometimes you forget the process, the step-by-step. All right, so make sure you do a little cheat sheet so that every time when you talk to somebody, you, you, you have to remind yourself and it's okay to sound robotic. It's okay. i rather that you sound robotic and ask the right question than not to ask anything and then they ghost you. Then it's a waste of time and effort and also it, it's not a very good feeling. All right? So if this has helped you, if this has helped you, please share this with other fellow event planners. This is one area that I see a lot of event planners struggle with. And this is also one thing that we teach a lot. We do a lot of role plays inside my mentorship program. We get everybody used to having this type of conversation. So it becomes like a muscle memory. And I have to stress again, every time you go into a sales conversation, you have to go in as the role of a consultant you have to remove your emotion that I have to get this lead. I have to get this business. You cannot go in with a scarcity mindset because if you do, you will not ask this type of question because you're so afraid to lose the sale. So you're so afraid to lose the sale. You don't want to ask questions. What do you do? By default, you will just lower your fee. So that's not how you're going to get to six figures. Okay. So listen to this a few times and keep on practicing and practicing and practicing until it becomes like a muscle memory. So a lot of times I tell I tell my, my clients inside my mentorship program that I actually, you know, it's a good practice that you get a lot of no's, a lot of no's, a lot of ghosting because you can evaluate and audit your progress, okay? And learn after each conversation, ah, I wish that I have asked that question. Oh, how come I forgot to ask that question? Oh my God, I forgot to talk about the money. So after you hang up the phone and you have to think, how did the conversation go and audit yourself? Okay, that's how you can grow. So I hope this episode has helped you. So if it does, please share with other event planners, write us a review, rate us so that we can get to the number one position in the next five years to be the number one podcast for event planners to help them start and grow their event planning company. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more eventrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.